What does barbecue mean to you? It's all about family. Good food. Summertime and friends. Of nostalgia. A whole lot of tasty. Soul-filling, belly-filling goodness. All of my favorite foods. A cultural touchstone. For me, it's a tether to the people who came before me. Getting together with family and friends. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Eat More Barbecue podcast. Thank you for listening in. This is episode 194, and I'm your host, Ryan Sanderson. We had the pleasure of visiting Whispering Wind Farms near Didsbury, Alberta, a couple of weeks back, and spent a few hours with Kelly and John getting a tour of their new farm operation, meeting their Kune Kune pigs and Galloway cattle, and then sitting down to record another in our Alberta Foodways podcast series, highlighting Alberta's amazing food producers. That conversation is coming right up, but first, let me tell you about... The best sauce on the planet. Friends, I've been telling you about Sticky Fix from Motley Q for a while now. Recently named the 2021 best sauce on the planet at the American Royal World Series of Barbecue Sauce Contest, Sticky Fix will be your new go-to, perfect for the whole family. Believe me when I say this stuff goes great on everything from quick grilled chicken to a 16-hour slow-smoked pork butt. Joe and Jess from Motley Q are mainstays on the Canadian competition barbecue scene, and their years of culinary and competition experience shine through in all of their products. They put lots of time and careful attention into each item, and they love how barbecue brings people together. Barbecue is a big part of their family, and they want to help everyone make it a part of theirs, too. Motley Q sauces and seasonings are crafted to deliver high-quality flavor to all barbecue dishes. From beef, chicken, and pork to wild game and vegetables, they've got a sauce or seasoning fit for any dish or occasion. Visit MotleyQ.ca to see their full lineup and get your bottle of the best sauce on the planet. Listeners of the Eat More Barbecue podcast can use the discount code EATMOREQ to save 15% off your order. That's discount code E-A-T-M-O-R-E-Q-U-E at MotleyQ.ca. Welcome back, everybody! Another episode of the podcast, and excited to have another of our uh, Alberta Foodways series uh, here today. And I'm up by uh, just a little, I guess, northwest of Didsbury, yeah. of Didsbury, Alberta, at Whispering Wind Farms. Uh, just had a nice tour of the facility here with Kelly and John Worthington, and I'm sitting here with Kelly. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank How you. Are you doing? Thank you for having me. I appreciate. It. Thanks for having <laughs> us out here and uh, showing us around. You've got. Uh, Still settling in, a, yes. a recent move to this this property, so it's yes. uh, getting settled in. Question I ask everybody right off the start is, what does barbecue mean to you? Um, well, good meat, I guess, yeah. is the big thing, is tender, um, juicy meat, uh, flavor, I think is key, um, and something knowing where, where you're buying your food from, mm-hmm. and that's something that we looked at when we started our farm. Right. Let's get into your background a little bit. Yep. Uh, John was just saying you actually grew up in Calgary. Yep. No, I grew up in Calgary and I started off um, with horses, actually. Okay. I was big into showing saddlebreds and boarded my horse for years. And then in 2010, um, John and I bought an acreage and we thought, oh, let's get a few steers. So we, we bought a few steers and we're like, okay, let's, get, you know, we're going to do some grass fed beef and we found out really quick because we originally went to the auction. We didn't really know anybody in the farm industry. And, you know, we bought some steers through the auction. Well, within you know, 48 hours, three of them were sick with shipping fever. Oh, yeah. So we kind of were like, well, what, you know, what's another way we can do this and, you know, grow our own product. So we looked at Galloway cattle. Mm-hmm. 
And we met a breeder up by Innisfail area. Okay. And we started off with our Galloway cattle and started doing grass-fed beef. Um, the big thing we wanted was um, a lower input cattle, so something that could finish on forage-based. Right. And a lot of breeds, like your Charlays and Simitals, to get that finished weight and to get that you know good carcass, you need that grain. Mm-hmm. So we kind of did our research on what breeds would work best for what we wanted to do and came up with the Galloways. Mm-hmm. And we had years where people would ask us, like, especially because I worked in Calgary and John worked in Calgary. They're like, are you going to, do you have pigs? Do you, you know, we want pork. And we're like, no, no, we did not want something that rooted. We didn't want something that would destroy our pens. And, and then I found, um, Cooney Cooney pigs. Um, we were watching TV. I think it was Dr. Pole. Okay. And they came out with. They were showing, you know, he was showing these pigs. And I said to Jonathan, that's what we need. And he's like, no. And I'm like, no, no, that's what we need. He's like, no. And they weren't even in Canada then. So this would have been probably 2011 Mm -hmm. or so. And then I was on Kijiji and they had imported, a breeder had imported them from the U.S. And she was pretty much the first breeder in Canada. So I contacted her right away without maybe telling John. Exactly. And put a deposit down yeah. and I bought my first breeding pair. And I'm like, well, because there was no other breeders in Alberta. So I'm like, mm-hmm. well, might as well get a second breeding pair because then I can sell breeding animals. Yeah. So that's how we started. And now we have over 200 Cooney Coonies. Wow. And um, most of our market is based on pasture pork mm-hmm. and pork base. And our cattle, we have been up to 40 cow-calf pairs. And just last year we reduced, you know, we're about 15 cow-calf pairs. Um, just input-wise, the pigs itself, it's a lot more economical for us um they're easier to feed um they're a low grain input animal so they only require about 1.7 pounds of grain so our input costs are way lower lower with the pigs and the big thing with cattle is why you know we kind of went more towards the pork was you know you get one calf you're making about 400 dollars profit on that calf with the pigs especially the coonies pigs in general can have six to eight piglets and they can have two litters a year so So our profit on our our pork on when we're selling sides and holes is about 250 dollars so it just made more sense for us uh, yeah it just the the math worked out so we went to the pork and so you know we we started off probably over three years ago and we you know we do you know we'd bring them process an animal bring it home try it see what we want to improve what we want to work on so now we do um we're working on like i would like this year to kind of venture out into doing like pig roasts yeah like have Mm -hmm. that market and every fall we normally do about a hundred pound pig roast here for our breeders and that so that's that's something with this property too i thought you know we can get into doing more pig roasts and events Mm -hmm. and like that so yeah. that's awesome that's something we're looking forward to excellent so and then you said i just moved here the, a couple months ago yes not even yeah. six weeks ago yeah, so, <laughs> so so lots yeah. of changes um we do a lot of rotational grazing right. and plots like with different um like uh 
brassicas yeah. and stuff like that. So, you know, we're going to do that with the cattle and the pigs and just rotational graze yeah. and just improve that, the soil yeah. and, you know, go more towards the health of the, mm-hmm. the land. Well, maybe talk about what, what kind of attracted you to that style of farming as opposed to the traditional, more traditional, maybe not more traditional, more recent. Uh, <laughs> I think the big see. thing is that um, once you have your soil health, it's less input costs right you know you can work with a healthier soil it's it grows better in drought conditions and you know you plant those those plants that work better in conditions like last year where it's Mm -hmm. a drought so you can do that rotational grains and it's great grass and it's not as damaging to the environment and yeah just healthy all around for the animals and yeah and what about the galloway cattle makes them a good match for that style of farming you know the big thing with the galloways is because they don't require the grain mm-hmm. input that they they just function better on a forage base so i mean any cattle can can do good on that kind of diet yeah. it's just mainly better for the environment yeah is what we're looking for yeah. doing yeah. yeah and what sort of a, a meat product with the cattle with the beef do you find you're getting uh with the grass-fed, uh, with the Galloways? You know, the big thing is genetics. Yeah. Um, not all breeds are meant to be grass-fed. Mm-hmm. Um, the Galloways, because they're double coat, they have the ability to internally marble. Okay. So we do a lot of stuff with, you know, we finish, like we calve early March, and that way they can finish off two seasons on pasture. So okay. normally with our grass-fed beef, we're anywhere from 18 to 24 months finishing our ideal market is around 18 months and that way we don't have to carry them over for two winters so we can do that push and that extra richness in the pasture Mm -hmm. for two seasons and not have to carry them over that winter right yeah yeah what sort of a finish weight are you getting when you're uh so it it does vary with our 18 months usually those are our crosses between the galloway angus so they're either half galloway half angus or three quarters and we're anywhere from 680 to about 740 hanging weight so that and that's the key for us is that kind of that's our sweet spot for profit and you know working with those animals yeah we were talking you've done kind of done a lot with yes the cattle and the pork yes uh the math of where the where that range is yeah you need that sweet spot and i mean any farming you know it's it's key to know your your numbers and run your numbers and your ins and outs and you know you you don't want to lose money by any means (laughs) so i guess maybe for folks that aren't as familiar with that type of operation talk about that sweet spot the how are you figuring, you know, the longer you keep it, obviously you're you're paying to feed and raise that animal. So the big thing is, like, when you look at processing an animal, mm-hmm. your kill fee's the same. Right. So it doesn't matter if that, that hanging weight's 500 pounds or 700 pounds. Mm-hmm. So when you have that extra 200 pounds, it just balances that number out. Right. So it gives you more profit in the long run without... Okay covering those costs out yeah so we with our program we sell everything based on hanging weight which includes cutting and wrapping okay yeah so some processors do it based on hanging weight but the customer pays the cutting and wrapping we include that in our price and the big thing is like we find it's just easier for customers to understand that that's the 
price. Like, it's not like, this is going to be extra, this is going to be extra. They kind of have an understanding of what they're buying. Mm -hmm. And then, two, we also deliver directly to our customer. Okay. So we pick up right from the butcher and deliver it directly to them. So they don't have to go to the butcher and be like, I need to, you know, you need to drive 45 minutes and go pick up your your product. We deliver directly to our customers just for that customer service. I guess where I was going with the, the sweet spot on the profitability... As opposed to taking taking it further and getting a heavier animal, is just the extra cost of ra- feeding that animal doesn't pay off. It it does. It really depends on like you got to count in your hourly rate mm-hmm. to feed that animal. Yeah. That cost of that grain. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, no, it doesn't yeah. pay off. Okay. It, it pretty much you're you're losing money. Yeah. So there there's usually a max when you start running down the slope so you know we we run numbers you're like okay well what happens if like especially with the pigs because we aim for that you know 200 pounds at 12 months um okay so what happens if you have to keep that pig for 20 months so you you start running okay well this is what it costs to feed grain this is what it costs you know your hourly right rate Mm -hmm. um you got to count like you know, even space, right. what that animal sure. space, what that pasture takes, yeah. you, you run all those numbers and it's, it's not hard to, yeah. you're like, Oh, Oh yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, you so get, you get to yeah. a point where so, the, the extra, the extra money you might get for yeah. the extra weight doesn't pay. It off. doesn't pay right. off. It yeah. really doesn't. Yeah. Interesting. Oh. That's, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the business side of it yes Yes. uh, and you have to you know you love the animals but mm -hmm. you have to you have to run it as a business and that's really that that helps you succeed the most yeah so as you get settled in here with this new property uh the pork is kind of the the main focus for you uh let's talk about the the cooney cooney pigs uh Something a New Zealand breed you were saying earlier. Yep, yeah, uh, they originated from New Zealand. Something a little different than what we're uh, <laughs> what we're used to seeing here. So uh, maybe talk about that. So the they are a lard breed. Yeah. So there's two types of pigs. You have your bacon pigs and your lard. Okay. So there's um, the lard breeds. Kind of, they kind of ran out of fab. I don't know when was that in the wow. early. In the 70s. 70s, 70s they were like fat's bad yeah, fat's yeah, bad yeah. you know so they they kind of worked at you know making your pork leaner mm-hmm. and and then everything kind of switched back about yeah. five years ago we're like butter's good for you Definitely. fat's good for you those yeah. you know mm-hmm. those processed oils are yeah. not yeah. so the cooney cooney is a large breed so they've got lots of um internally marbling um their meat's dark dark red okay. so it's almost as red as your beef so it's really juicy. Um, the fat itself, it still kind of shocks me because the fat, um, it kind of reminds me of the texture of like a scallop. Okay. Like it's that same soft, chewy, it's not gristly. Yeah. It's really rich. Like when we first started doing our processing our at Pioneer, they, they're like, we ate a bunch of fat and then we had to go home and go to bed because <laughs> it was so rich. Yeah. So it's just like literally, you know, we like to leave about three quarters inch back fat on our pork chops and it's all gone. Right. Like we, everything's gone other than the bone. Like yeah. it's really. So it's a nice soft fat. Soft. Yeah. Not, uh, very soft. Grisly. No, it's, you know, it's very high in omega threes and mm-hmm. sixes and yeah. 
All the healthy lots of vitamins, lots of the, the healthy stuff, stuff that, the healthy yeah. stuff that people are more going towards. Yes. And they're outside, so they're exposed to vitamin D. Right. Um, all our pigs, like um, our finishing pigs, live outside. Yeah. Um, we do farrow in our barn, in the because it's you know, a big thing with pigs is they're a little bit more um, climate sensitive. Okay. So draft cold can affect them so we kind of got to monitor them so with piglets themselves um when they're first born they need 90 degrees temperature Mm -hmm. so unfortunately here in alberta i would love to have (laughs) pasture like farrowings but our nights get too cold yeah so they have to have a heat lamp for that first little bit and then after that they're good to go go, and they go running out and then usually we bring them in at night and but they'll they'll all go run out grazing with mom Coming up after this break, Kelly from Whispering Wind Farms discusses the importance of group farrowing for their piglets and more. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Pitt County Barbecue, who is bringing authentic North Carolina-style whole hog barbecue north of the border to Alberta and Canada. Based out of Edmonton with the ability to travel, Pitt County Barbecue will come to your event and cook an entire pig on site using their custom-built cooker designed by owner and pitmaster Peter Zakuski. Specializing in corporate catering and private events, Pitt County Barbecue brings a unique regional barbecue dining experience. From North Carolina chopped barbecue pork to Piedmont-style coleslaw, trust me when I say you've never tasted anything like this before. The meat is so good you don't even need sauce. Peter is truly inspired by the South. His attention to detail and quality is second to none. From delicious food to amazing customer service, make sure to book Pitt County Barbecue for your next event. Check out their recent web series, Friends of the Pit, on YouTube, and follow them on Instagram and Facebook. To book your event, visit their website at pittcountybbq.com. That's P-I-T-T-C-O-U-N-T-Y-B-B-Q.com. The moms can go out together. Um, We do a big, um, for the health of the animals, we're pretty... um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We're pretty um, passionate about doing <coughs> group farrowing. Okay. So we have multiple sows that farrow at the same time, and then they all go out together. Okay. And then they can socialize. The piglets get to socialize with other piglets. And it's, you know, we find that the animal's just a little bit more balanced, Great. so to speak. They're, you know, they're happier. They're, they kind of learn from other moms. on. So Great. it just makes them more happy enjoyable yeah. animal that tastes better on the plate yeah, well, yeah physically uh they're more of a furry pig a hairy a, yeah 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 so they they're a dense pig yeah. they usually we aim for about 200 pounds at 12 months old right so that's kind of a, the sweet spot we're looking for yeah. for processing and then we hang out usually you know anywhere from 130 to 150 pounds okay. hanging yep and then we finish our cutout usually is anywhere from 74 to 78 percent of that okay so <coughs> then uh we were talking about the 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 face they've kind of got a, <laughs> a squished yes, up face yes they uh, have a squished face yeah. um that is based because they are a grazing pig they're the only actual pig that's a true grazer okay so they when you watch them graze they actually they pick and they pull okay. like a you know they don't pull the roots out like other mm-hmm. breeds um but no they just yeah they just don't root which yeah. is key for us especially with right. the cattle because you know we can rotate graze with our cattle right. <coughs> sorry <coughs> tickle my throat <laughs> so that's you know they don't root um 
And the big thing is like when we first started looking at breeds is your, when you're reseeding pastures, it's about a hundred bucks an acre. Mm. So it's, it's not cheap. Yeah. So we wanted something that wasn't going to destroy our pastures. Right. Yeah, if you can let the yeah. pastures yeah. generate on themselves. Yeah, on and their own. rotate them to a new area, yeah. and yeah. yeah. <coughs> and they're a very easygoing uh, breed of pig. We were in the pens with yeah. them. Just they're very. Uh, yeah, they're very, very social. And, yeah. <laughs> they're very yeah. social. We currently have over twelve boars that live together, yeah. which is pretty rare because most pig breeds like the males would kill each other right so there's something that's easy for homesteaders mm -hmm. to raise themselves like they can have a couple pigs you know do their own pork yep. and not have to worry about mm -hmm. dangers with children yeah. or falling in the pig pen yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah no that's great yeah they're as you said very social yeah. uh they were yeah. coming up to us uh smelling our <laughs> Biting at her shoelaces yeah. and pant legs and stuff, yeah. but uh, yeah, just very so, friendly. And, and they uh, taste amazing. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> then you do sell breeding stock as well. We right? do, yes, yeah. yeah, we do a select number of breeding stock, anywhere from, anywhere from about ten to twenty percent. Okay. And the rest go towards our pasture park program. Right. So, and then we also do charcuterie. Yeah. So we do salamis and guanciales yeah. and stuff like. that. And you're saying it's the, the jowl that you're using for the, <coughs> the guanciale? Yeah. yeah, we use um, the guanciale. So it's dry aged for about two months. Okay. And then it, that's what goes in your like carbonara okay. for your Italian sauce. Right. Okay. So they use so that is your flavor of your carbonara. Yeah. So you don't use any other thing. Right. That's the base of your sauce. Okay. So you do the carbonara with the egg yep. and the butter yep. and okay. perfection. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's, uh, and then anything else going on at the farm? What's, uh, that kind of. Yeah, just pretty much just, I, I feel like we've got so many outbuildings that we need another species, <laughs> yeah. but right now we'll stick with yeah. just for this year anyways, yeah. Yeah, and maybe in get in like some what, meat uh, birds or something yeah. along the line yeah. to, you know, kind of. Yeah, finish you've got lots the, of different build, lots yeah, of buildings yeah, and stuff out there. So, yeah, uh, so that's certainly the yeah, opportunities yeah. to do something. So, but we got a lot to do with reseeding pastures yeah. and hay fields and yeah. getting everything plant based. Um, yeah. We've already had Union Forage out okay. to look at the land and kind yeah. of give us suggestions what we can seed and mm -hmm. work. Um, with January, it's kind of everything's hidden yeah. under the snow. Yeah. So, wait to see what you find yeah, out. No doubt, yeah. <laughs> And where were you before uh, Carstairs? We were area? just east of Carstairs. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, so it wasn't uh, not too no, far. No, and that was that was key. Like we've built such a good market in Calgary yeah. mm -hmm. and Red Deer area. Like we we were looking at expanding. We looked at a farm up by Wetaskiwin. Okay, it was beautiful, but it's like oh, it's so far compared yeah. to where we are. Like our vets, Ditsbury vet, right. yeah. so Red Deer vet. So everything's yeah. close and local. So we yeah. still keep that. Yeah, that local move up there you'd be starting from scratch basically right exactly yeah so yeah. so yeah so, so talk we... about that where how are how can folks get your product what's the yeah so we've got a few different options yeah. um we do individual cuts ourselves okay. so they can contact us directly yeah. uh yyc growers okay. also carries our pork yeah. um the farm table in carstairs also carries our pork and local lane in Ditsbury also carries our bacon and some of our sausages that okay. we do. So some some retail. Yeah. And then you know, otherwise just contact you directly. Yeah, for and sure. Folks can, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, we have an online store. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And yeah. the website is uh, www.whisperingwindsfarm.com. Whispering wind. Singular, <laughs> singular wind. One wind. We never only have yeah, one whispering wind. Whisperingwindfarms.com. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then Instagram you're on. Yes. Any Instagram, Facebook. Facebook, okay. Yeah. Um, and that's it. Yeah. Hi. And then with the stuff direct, buying directly from you guys, you've mentioned delivery. Yeah. We deliver directly to Calgary and Red Deer area. Okay. So it's Excellent. easy that people, you know, they're welcome to come out to the farm yeah. if they want to come see, you know, where they're buying their their pork and beef from. They're welcome yep. to come, but we also yeah. offer that delivery nice. too. That's so. awesome. Yeah, that's one thing yeah. we've over the last few years, and especially doing this podcast for me and our family, uh, just kind of getting to see where, yeah. where the food comes <laughs> from. Right? It's uh, it's great to see that. Yeah, and, uh, and usually we just have to check people's pockets to make yeah. sure Cooney Cooney Piglet didn't sneak yeah. into there. Yeah, Amelia, I got my my. <laughs> My two uh, with me here, and uh, if she could have lifted that one up, I think uh, <laughs> might have been coming home with yeah. us. So. Good thing I did take you in the barn. <laughs> uh, so, grow, for yourself, growing up in Calgary, a yep. uh, city girl, I guess you could say. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, 100% city girl. Yeah. Like, I'm a third generation Calgarian. Yeah. Like, I'm 100% city girl. And I was, like, a city girl, like, when I first got into horses, I didn't even, like, dirt or bugs. Right. Like, my mom, but I loved horses. So, they're, yeah. like... We're going to put her into 4-H because she'll, you know, once she gets the work into it, it'll, yeah, like, backfire. Yeah. And it, oh, it totally backfired on them. Yeah. So I bought my first horse when I was 16. Oh, wow. Yeah. And just, yeah, I just went from there so and uh, showed Arabs and saddlebreds yeah. for quite a few years. Okay. And, and and then, of course, when you, you buy your own place, you're like, yeah, I'll be able to ride my horse more. And then you get so busy doing yeah. <laughs> actually farm life, you don't. So yeah. now, like with this place, it has the indoor arena, riding arena. I oh, say, I, yeah, so I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I use the arena every day. No, I just cut through it. But I say, I use it every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the family I work for, uh, they did. Is it uh, Western? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. for a number of years, they're out of that now. Yeah. But, uh, so, so yeah. Some horse folks. Yeah. There as well, so. so, but yeah, no, I mean, at when I, you know, city, you, you bought your meat at the grocery store. Yeah. At my like my age, that was where you bought it. Like even even ten years ago, there wasn't this farm to table yeah. option, and I think COVID really helped people realize mm-hmm. knowing where your your meat comes from and yeah. and those local farmers and. Oh, uh, when the supply chain starts breaking down like it has. Yeah. All of a sudden, being able oh, to for sure. call up your local yeah. producer yeah. and buy directly uh, <laughs> takes care of that problem, yes. right? So. Yeah. Awesome. So, awesome. Yeah. Uh, last question I ask everybody: uh, It's dinner time. You got the grill fired up? Maybe what's uh, what's the go-to for you guys? Oh, pork chops. Pork chops. Probably pork chops and yeah. our our butt steaks too. Yeah. We we do grill. Um, the big thing with the butt steaks is um, an offset. Yeah. It was probably key, nice like a slow. straight barbecue. Like yeah. if you're gonna use a barbecue, put a mat. Underneath okay. because that that fat, fat will yeah. start rendering down nice. and yeah. and melting. So either yeah. put a mat or offset and yeah. you're golden. You uh, reverse yeah. Uh, yeah cook off yeah. indirect. For and then when we do the pig roast, yeah. usually the first thing all we do is we put Himalayan salt yeah. in the belly, yeah. and then put her on the roaster and. Yeah she like the belly's always the first thing people just the belly and the jowls are the first thing that are gone like you don't even by the time it comes by the time you stop to do all your feeding you come to it all the belly's gone (laughs) yeah now are you doing a spit type of uh, roasting yeah 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 so we we bought a new one off um they're just in sundry oh i'm having a brain freeze 
Midwest okay. barbecues. Okay. Um, they do local make. So we, we bought one off them to do. This was their first pig roast yeah. that they made. Okay. So they, they made one. A um, couple little modifications to make it work a little bit better because right. the pig, you know, like it's it's a big area. Yeah. Like this is like an old oil drum like it's right. a massive beast like yeah. it probably weighs 2,000 pounds yeah. like it's it's yeah. a beast yeah. so but yeah now that it's it's pretty darn good that's awesome. for sure awesome. uh, any of the other companies and stuff you work with uh, you mentioned pioneer and yyc growers anything yep. else you want to kind of mention uh yeah we use yeah um family meats does all our uh kills yep. um they're one of the most recognized for humane butchers and kills so and that's key for us is having our animals um because we sell retail they have to go to a government inspected facility yeah. so we don't have that option to do yeah. on farm kills yeah. so we really look for one that it's humane and no stress and yeah. i mean usually you get to the processor and they're all sleeping on the trailer they're like eh, i don't want you know they're just yeah. there's really no stress right. which is important yeah. to us when Absolutely. we're we're processing yeah uh, one thing you didn't mention that we talked about earlier was the soap yes yes yeah i do um soap with the lard so we render it and i add goat's milk okay and then make some soap out of it and awesome. it's a great we used to use the leaf lard except for i found out i can make pretty good pie crust too with the lard so it's <laughs> yeah. like what do we do yeah. but we we render it uh, pioneer renders our lard for us okay. So then we sell it yep. so that people can either do their own pie crust or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. Just go use it as a cooking oil. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's the best thing. Yeah. Like lard cooking oil, if you haven't right. tried it, mm -hmm. try it because there's no smell yeah. in your house. Yeah. It's pure. It doesn't add any flavor to your meat. Like it doesn't change that taste. Yeah. And the big thing is it doesn't smell yeah. like oil right. when you walk yeah. into your house. Yeah. So we love it. Like yeah. we use it all and then um, I'll whip it. I use my blender and add like rosemary and garlic okay. and whip it. And then you can add that to your steaks uh, and everything. Yeah. I'd like to get into a stage where I can do like, like even like a, a flavored, like fruit one, like, mm -hmm. you know, like cinnamon spread. Okay. Like yeah, they used yeah. to do cinnamon spread, yeah. like some try to do something like that towards yeah. lard and yeah. then do like a, a savory and right. a sweet. Yeah. So that's my awesome. plan. I got lots of plans. That's awesome. Kelly yes. and John. Thank you so much for, thank you. Uh, for showing so, us around. And well, thank you for time. coming. I appreciate it. It's wonderful. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. You are listening to Canada's longest running barbecue podcast, and it is time now for some barbecue news brought to you by the Barrel Boss Q, a family owned and operated small business in Leduc County, Alberta, and the manufacturer of the original Canadian drum smoker. Whether it is in the backyard or on the competition circuit, Kelly Troy and the Barrel Boss Q team are driven by the desire to watch their clients showcase their cooking talents, to slow down a bit and spend some quality time with family and friends. From entry level all the way up to fully loaded models, Barrel Boss Q has the charcoal drum smokers and accessories you need to be the barbecue boss of your block or maybe get a walk at the next competition. Shipping to customers across Canada and the U.S., Barrel Boss Q spends time talking to their clients to make sure each and every smoker they make is special and meets the needs of the customer. Barrel Boss Q is honored to be a part of their customers' barbecue journeys. You can follow them on Instagram and Facebook and visit them online at Barrel Boss Q, B-A-R-R-E-L-B-O-S-S, -S, the letter Q, dot C-A, to see the whole lineup and tell them you heard about them on the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. 
Well, I know that lists are not everyone's cup of tea, but there's no denying the excitement that sometimes comes with their release. Case in point, the Texas Monthly Top 50 Barbecue List. While not quite on the same level, it was great to see Avenue Magazine's list of Calgary's best restaurants include a barbecue section in the listing that came out recently. Big congratulations to Hayden Block Smoke and Whiskey for taking the top honors, and also to runners-up Jane Bond Barbecue Comerie Block, the Palomino Big Tees, Perry to Prairie Dog, and Big Sky. We are truly lucky to have these great barbecue joints and more right here in Calgary. Check out AvenueCalgary.com for the story and the rest of their best restaurant listening listings. On the subject of great Calgary barbecue, we loaded up the family this past Saturday and headed down to Prairie Dog for some dinner. It was two years ago this past weekend that my wife and Lisa, my wife Lisa and I, sorry, were out for dinner at Prairie Dog on what should have been a busy St. Patrick's Day Saturday. Sadly, it was not that busy that night as we were just heading into the nightmare that COVID has been the last two years. And it was that weekend that schools and businesses started being locked down. As it has been for so many in the restaurant and hospitality industry, the last two years have been hard on the folks at Prairie Dog, and they have certainly documented some of their trials and tribulations on social media. With the mandates lifted here in Alberta, hopefully for good, I thought it appropriate to pay them a visit, and it was awesome to see just how busy they were on Saturday. We even had to wait a few minutes for a table. With everything that has gone down in the last two years, I'm very happy to report that the quality of the barbecue has not suffered. The brisket we had was absolutely outstanding, and everything else we enjoyed was just fantastic. I say it every week at the end of the show, and I'm going to repeat it here. Get out there and support your local barbecue joints, folks. This week, uh, Wednesday, March the 16th, if you're listening right away, you will be able to catch me live at uh, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time on the ABCs of Canadian Barbecue Show on Instagram Live. And then tune in next week on the podcast to hear Brad and Mike appear as guests right here on the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. You can find me online at www.eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at albertabbqtrail.ca where you can check out the listing of barbecue joints here in Alberta so you can get out there and show them your support. If you're not in Alberta, get out to your local barbecue joint and show them some love. Big thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. That's a wrap, everybody. See y'all next week and keep on smoking.